Hello, Hacker Public Radio. This is Matthew, the stay-at-home geek dad from Northern California. This is my uh, first contribution to HPR, and I've been listening for a couple of months now and been very excited about the content. I have very much enjoyed Ahuka's series on uh, LibreOffice Writer. I'm looking forward to him getting on to spreadsheets and impress and all that good stuff. So I am just going to do a short introduction podcast and a little bit of how I got into Linux. Um, and then I would like to branch out maybe in my next episode and do a what's in my bag. Um, and then after that, uh, I'm not sure uh, what I'd like to go on with, but I'm very excited about being part of this community and being able to contribute content um to all of you. So bear with me. As I said, this is my first uh, recording, my first attempt at this. Again, my name is Matthew, and uh, I go by the handle Geek Dad or Stay at Home Geek Dad. Um, I live in, as I said, in Northern California in the Central Valley, and I am a stay at home dad. That's my job. I take care of my my kids. I have a one-year-old son and a almost three-year-old daughter. And then I have an 11-year-old son who um, lives with his mom much of the year, but comes out to visit us here in California in the summer and on holidays. So I have been involved with technology in one way or another as long as I can remember. Um, It started uh, for me with um, hi-fi equipment and stereo equipment. My dad had a pretty decent stereo Um, when I was a kid and I enjoy music a lot. So I was interested in the machines that made the music come out of the speakers. And when I was in the sixth grade, I got my first, uh, component system and it had a dual cassette deck and it had a CD player and an FM tuner. And I just really enjoyed that. And later on in my young teen years, I spent some time doing sound booth, sitting at the soundboard and working the sound booth um, for church. And so I got involved with um, those types of things and making recordings and using mics and leveling and all that stuff. And so that sort of interest in how things worked and the machines and the electronics that go into producing something... um, just sort of stayed with me. And when I graduated from high school in 1993, and I'm aging myself there, when I graduated from high school in 1993, I needed a computer for going off to college. My first computer was an Apple Macintosh Classic 2, which the classic line, I don't know if you all know uh, or remember, uh, was the all-in-one, the typical Mac, like the very first one, the beige sort of stretched out cube with the uh, grayscale monitor on the front and a floppy drive slot on the front. And then I had a keyboard and a mouse and it was running system 7.5. And it was awesome. I loved that little machine and I took it to college and uh, discovered the internet. Um, We had dial up access to a uh, let's see, was it a AIX machine? Anyway, that was our 
dial-up access and we had shell access. Um, and then the campus was running a 56K frame relay connection to the internet. And boy, we thought that was just fast back in those days. <laughs> uh, kind of sound like an old timer, don't I? Anyway, I enjoyed getting on uh, BBSs and uh, Telnet, Telnetting into into bulletin boards and and sending email. And um, I ended up getting a job with the campus telephone telecommunications department. And I learned about phones and fixing phones and running phone lines and troubleshooting uh, phone circuits. We had our own um, physical plant on campus and our own switch. We generated our own dial tone. Um, we had an NEC, big NEC switch in the basement of one of the buildings. And we had um, Cat 3, um, 100-pair 100, 100 uh, and 200-pair... Uh, um, cables from each building to spread our, our phone system around. And this included all of the administration buildings, the, uh, the offices, professor's offices, and uh, all the student dorms had a telephone line. So um, I started working for telecommunications and learned how to pull cable and terminate, punch down. And um, My sophomore year, the college decided it was going to run uh, an Ethernet network. The internet had grown and um, it was becoming apparent that we were going to need um, higher speed communication bandwidth on campus. So we ended up pulling um, fiber between the buildings and uh, I learned how to terminate fiber and we had Cat5 running. We had Cat5 drops to every dorm room. We had uh, multiple drops to every classroom, multiple drops to every faculty office, and we had a, a good-sized, I would say probably 1,600-node uh, Ethernet network, and that's where I cut my teeth with networking. And um, our our servers, the, the, the information technology people uh, over in the library ran uh, Unix servers and probably Linux. I don't even know at that time. Um, this was in the mid '90s. What uh, what they were running, but I know that um, my friend John, who was the uh, head of the information technology department, always had multiple terminals up and running. And whenever I logged into my shell session, he was always had at least one or two um, sessions logged in. So, but as far as that, that was the only exposure I had. The AS400. Um, mainframe was still in the administration office, and so many of our many of our admin people needed to run a terminal emulator so that they could log into that um, that that uh, AS400. So I started learning about networking and TCP/IP and and doing a bit of routing and, and not not a whole lot. I wasn't really getting into that part of it. Mostly physical plant. Um, but I was still using Macintosh. I had uh, swapped my uh, a friend of mine, actually, uh, became a girlfriend, and then I'm now married to her, um, had a pretty nice Macintosh. And it had a color screen, and it was a little bit faster than mine, and she didn't care much about computers at the time. Um, plus, she really liked me. So she traded me in computers for the semester, 
And I ended up using that machine, and she used my Classic 2 to write her papers and things. Um, but I got I got into Mac networking, and we actually ran two separate networks back in those days because Apple wanted to run its own protocol uh, over the network. It wasn't using TCP/IP there in pre-OS X days, OS 10 days. So yeah, we had Apple Talk network, and we had a TCP/IP network for the PCs, and just went along and went along, and that was what I knew about. So. Um, after leaving college, I got a job um, with an educational technology company in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And we ran labs at some charter schools and did tech support. And we did some um, consulting type work. So I got to do all of that. And I learned a lot about Windows 3.1 and Windows 95 networking because... This was the end of the 90s, and that's what we were doing in the schools because it was tested. And Windows 98 came out while I was at that job, and so we learned how to transition over. But I learned about writing batch files and you know uh, WinINI files and uh, all that stuff for getting drivers loaded and things at boot for Windows. So I was I was learning more about how computers worked. Ended up purchasing a new computer for our home, uh, which was a uh, Windows 98 machine. And then when that machine died, I ended up with a Mac, uh, an eMac, actually, running OS X. And uh, it was in those days, in the early 2000s, that I went to the library and I found a book on something called FreeBSD. And it had a disk in the back of it. And this was... FreeBSD 4, I want to say, maybe 5, and I took it home and I loaded it up on a spare machine, and I just thought it was cool um, that it was something that not everybody else had. Like, everybody ran Windows, and I knew a lot of people that, that used Macs, but I didn't know anybody that was using anything besides those two. So I got this FreeBSD box going, and it ran KDE 3, was the desktop environment, and I just browsed the net and sent email and didn't really do anything spectacular with it. I just used it like I would use any other computer. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's how I got um, associated with the concept of free software. Um, I had, I, of course, as I was reading online about FreeBSD, I started reading about this thing called Linux. Um, but it seemed more flash in the panty um, at the time, more and and at the same time more mainstream. So that that's kind of weird. But I was I was I had just decided that I was going to be a FreeBSD guy, and I was going to do everything with FreeBSD. And those Linux guys could just you know go be popular, and I was going to be just hardcore. Um, which, as I look back now, I realize how kind of silly that is sitting where I am today, but anyway, I worked worked with FreeBSD free for a long time, and uh, I, I used to, I ran our first home server that served up uh, ripped DVDs uh, to play over our network. It was a FreeBSD server, and it was a four, it might have been a 486 or a Pentium 1. Anyway, those were the days, right? And um, And all it did was serve up these ripped 
this these file folders that had ripped DVDs in them, and they weren't compressed, and they weren't, you know, um, converted into any other format. They were just straight ripped um, on my Mac using Mac the Ripper, and then I would drop the ripped folder onto the server and then connect to the server from the Mac um, or from the Mac laptop and uh, and watch movies, watch videos that way. So, gosh, I'm not even sure. I, I'd have to think. I probably should have thought before I started this recording of when I first actually installed a Linux distribution. But I believe it was in 2000 and eight, I think. Um, it was Ubuntu, and it was 9.04, I believe. And I had gotten a new laptop uh, from my wife for Christmas. I was getting ready to go back to school, and I installed Ubuntu on this laptop, and I used it for all of my school stuff. And it was great. But I kept it as a dual boot with Windows Vista, because I couldn't get the audio to work. I couldn't get audio to work in Ubuntu. And so if I wanted to watch a movie or listen to music or record something, I had to do that in Windows. And then I updated to uh, Ubuntu 10.10 and uh, power management broke and it wouldn't even boot, and I got really frustrated, and I reformatted and reinstalled Windows Vista, and I said, I'm just going to use Windows Vista, and, you know, maybe someday this Linux thing will get its act together. So, fast forward to today, and I have uh, another laptop, a Lenovo, that I use every day, and I'm actually running Ubuntu Studio with XFCE, um, 12.04, I have learned to stick with LTS releases. Um, I have a 12.04.2 server in my house that runs my network. Uh, My wife's laptop also runs uh, Zubuntu. I believe hers is actually running Raring. And then I have a little netbook that I'm getting ready to put Elementary Luna on. So I'm excited about that. So that's sort of the short dish version of how I came to Linux and how I learned to um, appreciate computers and I recently posted on Facebook that I love computers more than anything else because they are the only things in my life that do what I ask them to do when I ask them to do it. Um, so that's that's what I'll leave you guys with as I am signing off on this first episode of Hacker Public Radio. Thanks and as uh, Ahuka would say, support free software. Thanks. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. 
unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.